Welcome to The Better's Verdict, a Herbert Smith Freehills podcast on gambling law, crypto law, and sports law. This is your host, Steve Jacobs, and we're going to be doing something a little different today. There's no guest. You're just stuck with me. I'm appearing alone to do some housekeeping and launch a mailbag feature, a new initiative I'm really excited about, and also discuss some major breaking news in U.S. crypto legislation that is happening right now as I record this. First and foremost, we do this podcast for you, the listeners. I want to talk about topics that you find interesting and useful. To that end, I'm launching a mailbag where I'll take your questions and comments, and they can be featured on upcoming episodes. So if you have any questions about the topics we've covered in the past, or comments or questions about topics we could cover in the future, related to gambling law, crypto and digital law, or sports law, or anything really that you want the opinion of me and my guests on, contact me. Your query is likely to be featured. How do you make a mailbag submission? There are two options. You can email me at stephen.jacobs at hsf.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Stephen B. Jacobs. So I really hope you take advantage of that. I would love to interact and address the issues that are of concern to the listeners. And there's a lot. There's a lot going on on these subjects. And so we want to direct our attention to where it can be most helpful. Now on to what I want to discuss this episode. There is major drama happening right now related to the regulation of the U.S. crypto industry. As many of you probably know, today, and I'm recording this on August 9th, the Senate debated the trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill. Tomorrow, August 10th, which is hopefully the day this episode will be released and that you're listening, this bipartisan trillion-dollar infrastructure bill is likely to pass. Now, you may be thinking, how does infrastructure relate to crypto regulation? And that would be a good question. The answer and this seems to happen a lot, particularly in the gambling and now crypto industries, is that this 2,700-page bill contains a little section towards the end titled Information Reporting for Brokers and Digital Assets. This section defines a broker super broadly and imposes reporting requirements to the IRS that are currently imposed on banks, financial institutions, to anyone in crypto that fits under this new broad definition of broker. This is a problem. As drafted, it would include not only actual crypto exchanges that maybe, maybe could comply with these reporting requirements. It would also include lots of players that could not, even if they wanted to, and even if they did everything they can to be compliant, follow the reporting requirements, such as protocol developers who only write or publish code, validators, hardware and software wallet makers, and a host of others. Most of these industry players don't have visibility into the transactions of their customers. They would be completely unable to follow this legislation, but it's about to go through. So is anything being done to stop it? Well, a bipartisan group of senators led by Senator Toomey and then also Senator Loomis, Senator Warner, Senator Portman, and Senator Sinema are working hand-in-hand with crypto think tanks and other industry players to put forward a common-sense amendment to limit the far-reaching applicability of this provision, because it's way too broad right now. 
This amendment has near unanimous support in the Senate. So you might think, well, that's enough to get it included in the bill. But if that's your first thought, as it was mine, it's because you haven't been paying close enough attention to the U.S. Senate. What's the problem? The key issue is that to include an amendment to a bill at this stage, you need unanimous consent of all the senators. Well, if all the senators support this, then why would that be a problem? You can pretty much only know if you're a creature of the U.S. Senate or if you're watching C-SPAN tonight, in which case you're witnessing the theater of the absurd. Here's what happened. Senator Toomey introduced the amendment and sought unanimous consent for an up or down vote. Senator Richard Shelby stood up and he is an 87-year-old senator from Alabama and he said he would object unless Toomey agreed to include Senator Shelby's unrelated amendment increasing military spending by $50 billion as part of Toomey's cryptocurrency amendment. Toomey seemed to expect this and agreed, presumably because he had no choice. But the problem is, then you need unanimous consent for Shelby's amendment too, and it's not unanimously agreed upon. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont stood up and said he would not give consent to Shelby's military spending amendment, which has nothing to do with infrastructure. And as a result, the whole thing failed. The bipartisan amendment with broad support failed because the single 87-year-old senator, who probably has no idea what cryptocurrency is, refused it due to his own sour grapes that he didn't get his own unrelated amendment included. Toomey stood up and gave a blistering rebuttal regarding the absurdity of all and noting that the loser is the American people because this bill could stifle this rapidly expanding industry that's creating lots of jobs and money and income for lots of people. Now, you may be thinking, what does regulating crypto or military spending or any of this have to do with infrastructure? For the poker players among us, including me, it brings back devastating flashbacks of Black Friday. Black Friday was April 15, 2011. That's what it's referred to in the poker industry. It's the day that the Southern District of New York, under the leadership of my fellow podcaster, Preet Bharara, he runs a, a podcast now called Stay Tuned with Preet, but back then he was the head of the Southern District of New York, um, the federal prosecutor's office. They shut down all the major poker sites and poker players around the country suddenly woke up, went to their computers and found that they were unable to access the money on the poker sites that they had built up over a period of years. Um, my guest Steve Rudak and I talked about this, um, what happened on Black Friday in episode number one of this podcast. And if you haven't listened, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. To this day, much of the money that was suddenly unavailable on Black Friday has still not been returned to players from the now defunct poker sites. So what led to Black Friday? That was in April of 2011. Well, it was the passage of the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act in 2006, which was tacked onto a safe ports bill that was meant to combat terrorism. It wasn't meant to restrict internet gambling. That wasn't the purpose of the big bill. Just like the purpose of the infrastructure bill isn't to regulate cryptocurrency, it's to create bridges and roads and trains and broadband internet and all sorts of things that the American people need. But the legislation about cryptocurrency is shoehorned in there, just as the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act 
was tacked onto this anti-terror bill that was a must-pass bill at the time, and no one even debated the anti-gambling provisions. Fortunately, at least some folks are debating the crypto-related provisions of this bill. At any rate, it was tacked on and passed, and then it was used in 2011 to completely shut down the online poker industry. To this day, it still hasn't recovered. As we've discussed on other episodes, online poker is being legalized on a state-by-state basis, but it's slow and methodical, and the industry is nowhere near where it was in the early aughts through 2011. So many in the crypto industry feel that this could happen here and have similar concerns. After the Toomey Amendment failed, Senator Ted Cruz took to the floor and gave a a pretty devastating rebuttal about everything that had happened there and asked the Senate to strike the entire crypto provision, which didn't happen for the same reason that the Toomey Amendment failed. Senator Richard Shelby stood up and said, I'm only giving consent to strike the crypto provision if you include my $50 billion spending bill. And that didn't happen. But it's worth reflecting on some of what Senator Cruz said, which in this case, seems spot on to me. He said, the current bill widened the definition of broker, those who would have to collect crypto info from consumers and report to the IRS. It would force every single participant in the cryptocurrency industry structure to operate as a financial institution. This means they must provide consumer information to the IRS, even if they don't have access to that information. This overly broad definition of the word broker will block rapid innovation in crypto and will endanger the privacy of Americans in cryptocurrency. This is wrong. So I applaud my colleagues for trying to find an incremental approach, but because of the objections, they haven't been adopted. So let's exercise a brief shining moment of common sense and recognize that if we gathered all 100 senators in this chamber and asked them to stand up and articulate two sentences defining what the hell a cryptocurrency is, that you would not get greater than five that could answer that question. Given that reality, the barest exercise of prudence says we shouldn't regulate something that we don't yet understand. We should take the time to understand it. So this seems spot on, and it is particularly frustrating that he is probably right. There's probably not five senators out of 100 that can talk fluently about what a cryptocurrency is, but here they are passing legislation that is going to severely restrict the industry in the U.S. Now, what will happen next? The fight is expected to continue in the House where this bill hasn't passed yet. So crypto think tanks and other insiders are going to start lobbying House members to make similar or even more expansive common sense amendments to try to make this bill more workable. We'll see what happens. I'll bring you updates here. But that's where we are now. It is a potential Black Friday moment for the crypto industry, and we should all be paying attention. I'm looking forward to bringing you more updates on this fast-paced legislation that is going to have far-reaching ramifications. This is The Better's Verdict. Thanks for listening. Next time, I'll have a guest again. You won't be stuck with just me. As always, this is intended for entertainment purposes only and not legal advice. And please do drop me a line for my mailbag at stephen.jacobs at hsf.com or on Twitter at Stephen B. Jacobs. Thanks again.